is your host, Miss Anonymous. You are now checked into the rehab. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have Michelle on the line. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. And um, the reason why I'm really excited to be doing this episode is because we've never tackled this type of a topic on the rehab show. And we've certainly never had someone that's gone through an experience (laughs) that has a wealth of knowledge that can share their personal journey and their story in hopes of helping other people. So Michelle is going to kind of walk us through what it's been like to date someone who's a manipulator. What are some of the things that you need to look out for? Um, What are some of the ways that they may try to manipulate you? And the best part of all of this, how do you recover from that and come on the other side where not only do you learn and grow from this experience, but then make better life and and relationship decisions going forward? For sure. So I'm going to turn it over to Michelle. (laughs) Michelle, take us through the timeline. Okay, sure. Tell us about your story. So I dated this person for about three years. um, And we both, ironically, grew up, born and raised in the same hometown. Um, So when I met him and we had all of these things in common and people that we knew, it kind of brought us closer together. Now, I knew him from seeing him around like at church, youth group, um, kind of in town at, at local bars and such. Um, but something that was kind of surprising is my friends who also knew him didn't have close relationships with him. And we're like in a pretty small town. Like a lot of people knew of him, but they didn't really know him. Anyway, so we matched actually on Tinder. And At first, it was really great. I think we met maybe a week after we matched, just super low-key, grabbed a drink at, like, this, like, Mexican place in our town, Mm -hmm. um, which was fine. And then the relationship started to progress. Now, something that I really liked about him is that this person, I'm going to call him Lucifer, (laughs) (laughs) he came off extremely charming. Mm -hmm. And... I think that a lot of manipulators do that. Everything was about pleasing me, trying to please me. Um, He knew that my favorite flowers were white roses. So every time he saw me, they were white roses, which was great. If any gentlemen are listening, always get the flowers, (laughs) always, always get the flowers. But it came at a point where it was so much that it just, I knew something like kind of wasn't right, but I went with it because this was a guy who really, really liked me. And like, he remembered like my favorite flowers is white rose and he got it for me every single time. So let me ask you, how long did this period last of like the flowers, the charmingness and stuff? This probably lasted for maybe four to six months. Wow. That's a long time for someone to be doing this. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, this is going to break your bank. Like, it's okay. Like, (laughs) I don't need this much. It's so sweet, but like, it's okay. You know, you got the girl. It's all good. Um, See, I would have said that's great, but can we get like those eternal roses? Exactly. Exactly. And listen, he did like, so yes, I got, you know, the flowers, I got all that stuff, but we also did things that I liked for me. I love going on adventures, whether that's taking a road trip or spending, you know, a weekend in the city, things like that. It was great. But then that's when 
after this period, this honeymoon, I guess, period happened, that's when the mask started to come off a little bit. So, oh, I'm sorry. Something I also noticed in the honeymoon-ish period is when it's time to meet your friends, right? You introduce your partner to your friend group. Right. Now, me, I have friends that I met in preschool. I have friends that I met literally at work. Kieran, we met at work, right? Right. So I have friends from various stages of my life. And some friends may be more present in my life and some maybe not as much, but I still like to keep those relationships. I still check in with those people because I think that's healthy. Right. Lucifer didn't have that. So did he have any close friends? Lucifer had one best friend and I'm going to tell you what's kind of strange. The friend group that he surrounded himself with was his sister's friend group. Okay, that's fine. But his best friend was his sister's best friend's little brother, which is okay. But he couldn't introduce me to anyone substantial in his life. Only friends that were kind of pre-chosen for him. So here's another red flag, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times when you think about it, as I'm sure at some point you're going to share with like the story (laughs) where people who are, um, who have some of these qualities, Mm -hmm. I think they struggle to make long lasting relationships that are extremely close because just like, you know, your story will navigate to a point of like what happened Mm -hmm. and then you find out all of these things about the the person. It's not the first time that it's happened to them. They have probably met a lot of people that maybe they were friends with or, you know, relationships that could have turned into friendships. But all of those people also at some point may have seen some of the red flags Mm -hmm. and then that kind of explains why these individuals don't really have their own inner circle. But then would you say that like the other thing about person like that would be that they wanted to seem popular or seem like there's a lot of people around. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when you're choosing your partner, something very important, I don't care if you can count your close friends on your hand, that's fine. But something very important is they need to maintain relationships not not just the romantic ones but the friendships you need to make sure you're with someone who has their solid friend group not their siblings friend group not your cousin's friend group but their own friend group right right because yeah that i mean if you don't have that that type of that type of friend group in your life and those relationships something's going to be missing and something's wrong with you because that shows that they cannot keep those close connections they're not working at it Right. And I think, like you said, that that is a red flag that when you notice that, especially when you get to a certain point in your life where you're like, wait, you should have met so many different people Mm -hmm. that one of those people should have been able to, you know, be like your long term confidant, your friend. And then when also think about it from like the other standpoint, if somebody doesn't have that, Mm -hmm. then who is telling them that, hey, this is a wrong way that you handle that situation, or this is what you could have done better in that. So they don't really have any type Mm -hmm. of a sounding board, which means whatever way that they navigate through the situations or whatever mistakes that they're making, there's really no one close to hold them accountable or to steer them in the right direction. So Yeah. And that's an issue. And if we would have those types of situations that would come up, um, as you know, and as we've definitely talked about before um, 
you know, off, off recording, the person that he would confine in with, with anything or get advice would be his sister. It would be a sibling. And that is, <laughs> that is not okay. And it came to a point for anyone listening, it came to a point where I think that his sister would, would fight our battles and would be more involved in our relationship than I was allowed to be. Then, so it very, very strange. Um, and also in that friend group too, I think that he confided in a lot of those people. And the, the thing about a manipulator is they come off as so charming, right? They are, they are the social butterfly. So they may not keep relationships, but they will make you fall in love with them, right? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> so whatever they can do to be cool and fun and great, they will catch people. They will spark that interest. They will catch people's eye. They will all. So you would say, go ahead. It's like charisma, and it's also oh, yeah. Because at least in my experiences, when I've seen people act like that, it's been oftentimes. Yes, they have all of the qualities to really get be the center of attention, but it's also the high that they get mm-hmm. from everybody. and the ego that it really feeds which if you are charming you could use all of that for great things but if it's something that turns into that it's feeding your ego I think that takes you down a dangerous path of almost being like a narcissist oh absolutely absolutely that's not good for relationships obviously no and his ego had definitely been so large that I felt many times it was almost going to explode and that too, I mean, it, it really, really severely impacted our relationship and it severely impacted me. Um, so, go ahead. Is that something that you discussed with him? Just curious yeah. like at any point. I would, relationship have, I would have talks about it. And every time I wanted to talk, you know, he could communicate to everybody, but he couldn't communicate to me. So um, I would try to come up with solutions. Like, I mean, for me, if I get into an argument or something's heated, I like to walk away for a little bit. Or like, if it's late at night, like, let's talk about it tomorrow. Like, I need to chill out. Right. He just never wanted to talk about it. Yeah, because I think like, also, when you think about like manipulations, mm-hmm. if someone's talking to other people, right. then they're just getting that one side of the that story. But if just, someone's yeah. talking to you, then that's not the case because they're talking to you about you. So then it becomes, here's both sides of the story. Mm -hmm. So everything that I can say and maybe twist the truth with other people, I can't do that with you. So that becomes a harder conversation to be had. Absolutely. I think with manipulators, once they start talking about you and, and start, you know, getting advice from other people instead of talking with you, like, Hey, this, this problem isn't, you know, something we're going to do separately. We're going to fix it together. What they like to do is paint you in this, in this horrible picture. And that's not even the case at all. They will do anything to have that sob story up their sleeve. They will make sure that the other people empathize with them rather than you or like, oh, hey, here's how I think you guys could, you know, be better. No, they will paint you in the most disgusting light. And there came a point where I was like, this is fucked up. I'm not going to do this anymore. So let me ask you, at what point did you start to realize of what was going on where there were conversations being had that you're not a part of, but the conversations are obviously out there. Mm -hmm. And then you started to realize how you are being painted in front of. Sure. So he's still, I'll give you some background. So Lucifer still lives with his family and his older sister. She lives with the family as well. And I remember one time I came over just to hang out with him and 
his sister, I walked in the door, didn't say hello to me. And I knew something was up. So I had said, did I do something wrong? Like, can you tell me? Because family is important to me. And I want to make sure if I'm with my partner, I want to make sure like I have a good, solid relationship with the family as well. It's important. And especially, you know, if the relationship goes past the point of boyfriend, girlfriend, that's going to be your family one day too. You have to try to work with them and get along with them. Yeah. Um, And he had said to me, oh no, like she's just in a mood. And I said, she can be in a mood, but I didn't even get a hello. Like that's, that's very unlike her. What's going on? Right. And he had said, okay, like I went and I like vented to her and I was like, okay, like that's great. I'm glad you had somebody to talk to, but this kept happening and it kept happening over arguments that were literally nothing. It would be literally about nothing. (laughs) Right. And, And if it did happen about something, I don't like to start problems, but Everything that might be super minuscule to me and not a big deal, he would blow way out of proportion. Well, yeah. And it's kind of interesting that you're saying, like, talking about, like, some of this stuff. Because when you think about it, um, and I've spoken about this, like, on the podcast as well, that when people bring their relationship externally where other people know every little detail about your relationship, then you're asking all of those people to be in that relationship because then all of those people have their opinions they'll have their feedback then they'll go and tell other people about your situation meanwhile it's only the one side that's there and Mm -hmm. as a result it causes friction because there's certain level Mm -hmm. of privacy that you want to have with your relationship there's certain level of trust that you want to have with your partner and it's almost like feeling violated that I show you things about myself and obviously no relationship is ever perfect. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have fights. Some days you're going to want to strangle each other and hopefully you don't end up actually doing it. Right. Not a Carol Carol Baskin type of situation. Right. So it's always going to be ups and downs, but together as a unit, you navigate through it. And now if one person, partner betrays that trust and goes externally and starts to share details that mm-hmm. the other one doesn't feel comfortable confining anymore is now you feel like anything I say to you will be put out there it's not just between us right absolutely which is why when certain things came up it's it's almost like do I talk about this with my partner or do I not because if I tell him this who's he gonna bring it to right and it's something extremely personal so I think What a lot of people don't do and they need to do, and this is something that I'm going to do for when I get into my next relationship, is when you have that gut feeling like something is wrong or something is, you know, not what it's supposed to be, you need to trust it. Right. Like 100% you need to trust it. So for me, I had those gut feelings where I kept thinking to myself, Michelle, this isn't right. Like, you got to leave. And every time I would try to leave, I would get sucked back in sucked back in so how would you get sucked back in because i think that's very interesting for people to be on the lookout for absolutely so anyone listening you know guys and girls if you want to leave and your partner lets you completely go like like you meant absolutely nothing and then two days later comes back and is like you are literally the center of my world i can't breathe without you let me tell you what this guy did Again, we're going to go back to the the flowers, right? We're going to go back to the roses. Those things were sent to my house like rapid fire. That is like the way to get to me. That's kind of, for me, like I I love that stuff. I don't love like major gifts, but like I love my flowers. 
So that, and then the words and the words were like, I will change. I won't confine other people like about like meaning specifically like family and sisters, friends about our relationship. But the, the problem with manipulators is almost all of the time, their actions will not match their words. Right. And I think that's like so key here because somebody who's actually genuine and I think someone who's just credible, you know, and has an ounce of self-respect for themselves, but also for the relationship, their actions will match up to their words. And I feel like one of the things that people fall for is that people fall for other people's words. You're in a relationship Mm -hmm. with someone and you want to believe it because you obviously have feelings and emotions that everything that this person is saying is the truth. But then you don't see a follow through. So it's like that emotional roller coaster of being like, wait, I thought this was over. And I also think it's a really big sign of immaturity that someone who's ending a relationship Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, we're done. And then you know, you pick yourself up and you're like, okay, great. I, I guess I'm moving on and I need to work on that. And then a couple of right. years pass by and then there's these grand gestures of love. And I actually read an article about how this is such a, a big manipulation tactic because mm-hmm. it keeps you on that roller coaster of the highs and the lows. It's oh, like, yeah. it's over and then it's like this grand gesture of but you love these flowers and then look how amazing I am and I will tell you whatever you need to hear and then tell us what happens next after the promises so the thing I mean the thing after well we're gonna hold on Karen you gotta edit this out my cat is like going inside the bag hold on can you come out sorry it made so much noise no it's okay okay I'm back so actually speaking and touching on the the self-respect part that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. I think a lot of manipulators don't have an ounce of that for themselves. Right. For sure. They don't have that. So they will try to they will they will let you go again as you mean absolutely nothing to them yeah. and they will try to bring you back in because that void that they're feeling of you is just the void that they have about themselves the way that they feel about themselves yeah right and it's also like that push-pull theory and I spoke about that mm-hmm. in one of like the other episodes of like how do you make sure that someone just stays <laughs> there it's you yeah. push them away when you feel like you've got them and then when you feel like you're losing that person then you pull them right back and that's one it's almost like forward. freak out mode it's like it's like when someone let's say like almost a drug addict right they get their fix and then it's coming down that's when the emptiness that's, that's the emptiness that they feel right. and they try to fill that real quickly when you're not in the picture anymore yeah because it all comes down to like the ego because mm-hmm. when you think about it if you break up with someone and that person just moves on that uses your ego like what i didn't mean anything to this person how could they just pick up their things and move on so you always yeah. need validation from being like no i could get them back so mm-hmm. it says something about you and then when you do get them back then it the issues don't go away unless you actually work on them so the same issues that are in that relationship prior then surface again because if you have done nothing to change then those problems are going to be there right and if you don't talk about them they're still going to be there even if you have that conversation which for me communication is big i want to talk about it and then you can fix it and never you know to move on we don't speak about it again once the problem is fixed right you know because that's how you move on yeah um, and especially in a relationship and that just wasn't happening so anyway to get back to the story he would you know 
try to scoot me back in with, you know, the things that I love and, you know, it would be great for the next three days, right. Or five days Mm -hmm. because life would be all about me. He wouldn't confide in his sister, all that. Mm -hmm. And then boom, it would go right back to that. There was actually a couple of times where, um, and again, this, this goes on, you know, this touches the base where manipulators a lot of the time don't know how to keep their own relationships. Yeah. Um, friendship wise where he would get invited out places with with old friends and these are friends that I remember him you know kind of being nostalgic about and I said absolutely go hang out with them you know like these are people that that you know you had earlier on in your life and you don't talk to them anymore like go hang out with them right any excuse possible to not do that he would ditch those friends to go hang out with his sisters who literally could not care about him at all and who he didn't care about at all very bizarre well it's almost like superficial relationships because think about it if you're Mm -hmm. in a superficial relationship you never really have to worry about those people really criticizing you because it will never really get to know you and it's easy to maintain because if you don't feel like doing something you don't have to do it so it's sort of like the people that you just hang out with when you want to hang out with them and there's no depth they don't really know much about you. They can't judge you. You don't right. know much about them. So you're, it's minimum effort on <laughs> yes. your part. And yep. those, and when, like you said in the beginning, that people that don't have those substantial relationships in whether it's friends or even family, it's hard for them to then have a relationship with a partner because they don't have the necessary skill set to sustain Mm -hmm. that type -hmm. type of relationship where there are going to be ups there are going to be downs there's going to be tough conversations Mm -hmm. and you got to figure out a way to get through because the easiest thing is to run away like that's the easiest thing to do and it's also a very immature way of handling the situation right Um, but yeah so how long would you say that this back and forth continued where after the honeymoon phase there's these grand gestures and then it's nothing and then grand gesture and then nothing this honestly was like for the remainder of my relationship and I don't want anyone thinking who's listening to this oh my god she should have just walked away she should have just walked away I promise you I did but when you when you are with a manipulator and with one for that long it almost becomes your new normal in life, right? Yeah. It is so, so incredibly hard to leave. It is so disgustingly hard to leave. But I came to the point where I could not take it anymore. So you know what I did? I I said to him, here's my boundary. And if you can't meet me at this, then we don't belong together. Then you are not welcome in my life. And he just, again, like with every time he threw me away, and then came right back, you know, threw me away like it was nothing. That was it. It was the same thing. It was, all right, see you later. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is actually for real. Like, I just I just ended a very, very toxic relationship with a person who literally treated me like crap. And then I was like, this is kind of a fail. And then I was like, no, no, no. This is a gigantic win because I get my life back. I get to do what Michelle makes happy, what makes me happy, other than walking on eggshells around someone worried that the things that I say are going to be brought into a different room. And that's going to be a conversation that I'm going to be the hot topic of dinner that evening. So let me ask you, how long did it take from the beginning of the relationship for you to get to this point where after the back and forth, you mm-hmm. were like, I'm done? Um, maybe like a year and a half. Wow. So the honeymoon phase ends at six months. 
Yeah. And, and you're talking about almost a year. Right. This goes on of this back and forth. And I think it's very important to kind of touch upon what you mentioned, where mm-hmm. you said that I promise you I tried to leave and stuff. And I think people are very quick to judge when they're not in a situation. But right. almost every individual can vouch for the fact that there was at least one relationship that you were in that you knew were toxic. People were mm-hmm. telling you this is toxic. You were trying your best to leave. Mm-hmm. But then that hope in you that said, maybe this time it's going to be different if we get back together, that right. kind of kept you in that cycle. And then also to your point, that becomes the new norm. Like that becomes right. the relationship pattern because you've broken up and gotten back together so many times that mm-hmm. to you that that starts to feel like this is normal. This is a right. normal relationship. We fight, we break up, you know, mm-hmm. three, four days later, there's all these grand gestures and promises that follow. But maybe this time the promise is for real. And it's that hope that I feel like keeps so many people in this wheel right. that just keeps turning. Because every time you're like, maybe this is the time that it's going to be different. And it's that faith of, and also that wanting for it to be different. Like there's that desire in your heart that's like, this person could be so perfect for me if it wasn't for this thing. And I think with me, I try to see so much good in everybody, not just like my partners, but friends, strangers, anyone. I try to see the good in everyone where I'm like, but you can fix this. Like you can change this and we can be great. But anyone listening, the person that you date, you will not, even if there's something you want to fix, you will not, you will not change them. They need to change for themselves. And when you're dating someone and you're with someone, you are accepting them for absolutely everything. And that came a point for me where, you know what? I don't accept this anymore. And towards the end, Karen, and this is something that I've also read about. I've talked to a therapist about when you're with the manipulator again, back to the part where they feel so little about themselves and they don't respect themselves towards the end. He would actually make me feel very, very badly about myself and then try to make me feel good immediately after. Yeah. It's- Cause it's that cycle, right? It's almost like making you feel like your worth is tied to his opinion right. of you. So then it goes from, and it's very interesting, like how you painted the whole story of, because because sometimes people are like, well, why would you ever fall for that person? And it's like, mm-hmm. that's that person wasn't the same way when I met them. Exactly. They were a completely different individual. They f- made me feel really good about myself. Mm-hmm. And this is like a psychological trick because once you've had a taste of what something amazing can be, we want to go back to that something amazing. Right. And that's what these manipulators, a lot of the times, even narcissists, this is what mm-hmm. they do. They give you a taste of the best relationship, the best, oh, the best. feeling. It was the best. Yep. Right. And then they take it away. And mm-hmm. when they take it away, there's that bit of a period where they're dangling the carrot of saying, hey, I can go back and be that person. Right. And then no follow through. I can go back and be that person. And then there's no follow through. And, and then you, you get to a point where part of your identity then becomes to get validation from this person that meant nothing to you. Like two years ago or three, you didn't even know them. But now they've conditioned you to want this from them. Almost like you need it from them. Right. Almost like a drug where Mm -hmm. you are like, you know what? That 
amazing feeling was so high and a lot of people don't know that when we're actually in love there's endorphins that our mm-hmm. brain releases so it literally is a drug that you get a high off of right. with that feeling so with the, the, a manipulator i think in a lot of ways they're really smart in the sense that they understand on how to get someone hooked yep. someone that they didn't even know how to get them to a point where that person will try harder for their mm-hmm. validation and meanwhile i mean you know with this individual i'm sure he wasn't like forbes 100 richest people on the planet right. or gq magazine's top 100 right <laughs> right, right. That's, the, that's the interesting part that this is not like you're getting a leonardo dicaprio that you're like i really need to try exactly no like, not even at all yeah probably not even like Leonardo's knockoff on sale somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Nope, not even that. This was just regular average Joe, average Lucifer, you know? I would say below average, but definitely right, definitely below average. Average is giving too much credit. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's so interesting because when you see in a lot of the cases where people wonder what is that person doing with that individual and it's all psychological that's what it really like this is just a i wouldn't even call it a game i i feel like it's a warfare that kind of yeah. takes place in a relationship where you have someone who really feeds off of the energy of other people and oh, feeds yeah. off of the validation but then it's almost like they need a victim that they can toy with mm-hmm. that they can use when they want you that right. they can ditch when it's convenient for them absolutely and, you know and it just gives them a high of like control and i think that he i think since he was i think he honestly was the type of person who needed that constant control but also he confided so much in his sister and twisted stories with his sister that she was almost controlling him like one time i went over to his house and he was making me so upset that i i was like i got to go i'm done I, i'm leaving and came outside was like Michelle no I need you right now like please don't leave blah 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 and then his sister comes out and says you know what rob oh shit <laughs> um, Kieran I'm going to edit it out <laughs> How do I pick back up <laughs> I'm going to edit that out Please edit that out Yeah All right so I'll start over so then you know one night I'm at his parents house we get into an argument and i say i got to leave i'm going home that's it talk to you later and i walk out and he follows me and he says please don't leave i don't want you to go well you know since lovely sister has to get her nose and everything because that's what he's kind of trained her to do she comes outside says no lucifer let her go and this whole you know him telling me 30 seconds before please don't leave i love you so much baby blah 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 he doesn't stand up for me He doesn't say that for me. He says, "You know what? Yeah, leave. Go." Like what she said, "Go." And that's not cool. Like I need someone who's going to stand on the front lines with me rather than like feed me to the wolves. That's not okay. Yeah. And that's what these manipulators do because they have to make themselves. You could be doing everything right. For me, I always want to make sure my partner is taken care of. He's happy, we're happy. He's doing things and seeing people that make him happy. To me, that's all I want for my partner. I just want their happiness to be great. That's it. Right. And with manipulators, they don't want any of that shit for you. They'll tell you that they do, but they do not want it for you. All right, they care about is what's going to be what's going to be good for their image, not even good for them, but their image and how other people perceive them. 
Right. But that ties back into low self-esteem that these people have. Like in order for you to be a manipulator, there's obviously your own character flaws and your own psychological things that you need to work on because your validation is dependent on societal opinion of you and the projection of you. So if somebody from the outside tells you to do something it, it in a weird kind of a way it's like they manipulate other people get the control that they also relinquish onto society mm-hmm. because they care about other people's opinion they care about other people's viewpoint Ooh. and another thing too if, if i can add this a lot of a lot of things that you can recognize about manipulators is they are extremely jealous people well, yeah, because it's insecurity, right? Absolutely. I could have a guy take my order at a restaurant, and if I said something, you know, and put a smile, and you know, did a little smile when I said, "Oh, thank you," that was flirting. Yeah. That was flirting. So if you have a guy out here who's like showing these, or a girl who's showing these signs, um, you need to recognize it because it's not okay, and you can't live right. your life like that. You're going to be absolutely miserable. miserable. Yeah. And it's better to recognize these signs up front before you get to the stage. Exactly. When you, again, like I said, when you have those gut feelings where "Mm, this is kind of weird or like this kind of makes me uncomfortable, you need to trust that. And you need to know that it's going to be so much more beneficial for you in the long run to take the time to get back into dating, find somebody else and move on with your life rather than be stuck with something that's just going to bring you misery it's just pure misery and you cannot get you cannot lower yourself to that type of feeling that they feel for themselves i know it's easier said than done because again you want to make your partner feel good and great and and love their life but you need to take care of yourself too yeah and you have to be your own number one priority absolutely which so i know you said that you moved on and you were able to let go of the relationship but tell us a little bit about like what that process was like you recognize what this is you made a decision one day that this is going to be it but making a decision is i think the first step but then there's other things that a person needs to do to make sure that they don't revert back so what are some of the things that help you to kind of just end this chapter um the best thing that i could suggest is when you end it and it's someone who's toxic and keeps coming back, you need to block them. You need to put that block on. I had to block emails. I had to go through the Verizon app and literally block phone numbers, not just the cell phone number. I had to block his work cell phone number, his office desk number, and even surprisingly enough, his fucking boss's desk phone number. Because I would get phone calls during the day from there just so he could kind of make himself known and call me. You need to block. You need to block on social media. You guys do everything to kind of make this person not exist. You can go through your phase where you have to let yourself feel the emotions and heal, which is super right. important. But you got to almost like remind yourself when you come out of a situation like this, that person existed, but they do not exist anymore. And you need to separate yourself from that. My so God. something great. For me, yeah. So, you know, something great for me was. I saw more of my friends and I did, I never stopped seeing them, but I was able to just go to my friends and I would talk about it for a little bit and then that was it. And I felt great. Another thing that I did and I had been wanting to do for quite a long time, even before I met Lucifer was I wanted to go to therapy because I think just as important as it is for our bodies to go to the gym and get exercise, I think our minds and our brains need to as well. So I got a therapist. I still go to a therapist and it's honestly great. I go, you know, now it's virtually because of, you know, COVID-19, but 
I do my sessions twice a month mm -hmm. and it's fantastic. So that has helped me tremendously. And I remember when I was telling her my story during our kind of like check-in process in the beginning, I joke about this, but my, my therapist jaw literally dropped at some of these stories because that's, that's how bizarre yeah. and cruel and horrible manipulators are. So getting as much help as you can talking to other people about it is great. But just remember when you are recovering from someone who manipulates you and is, you know, seen as almost like a narcissist, remember, don't regret staying that long, but be, be thankful that you were able to leave that situation. Be thankful that you're going to get back into the dating life. And for me, like I, I am dating again. I mean, virtually I'm doing virtual dates, but I actually met like a really great guy and yeah, I know we'll talk offline about that. But um, I mean, even just that, just know that it's okay to get back out there and you should because just because you have this experience with one person does not mean that they're all like that. It really doesn't. But it means when you get back into dating, nope. if you see those signs that you saw before, you need to run and you need to run fast. Yeah, and I think a really uh, awesome thing about your story is just the fact that you can take a negative experience in your life and then still look at it from a standpoint of that's something that I went through and it's right. something that I had to learn from. But then how do I make sure that I don't get myself back in that situation so that lesson exactly. kind of stays with me? Um, and I love how you described that, mm -hmm. how your healing process was of starting with the block and then going through, because I actually did a podcast nice. episode on that, like <laughs> how to recover from a breakup. And that's the mm -hmm. exact pattern where it's like, it starts off mm -hmm. with like the no contact because that way your emotions need okay. time to stabilize and it can only happen when you're not dealing with that person and they're not constantly right. in your face in and your yeah and I mean you're you still know, allowed to like feel those things like there were nights where literally I would just like just like a lot of other people I would just cry because you know not necessarily because oh I missed this person that gave me what five minutes of happiness no but also because like oh my god like I didn't leave sooner, but then you have to take a step back. And it's like, you're not alone in this. Like other people went through it and it's okay. Like it's a learning experience. Like you just, you got to move forward next time um, away from someone with, if you see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very healthy to recognize emotions because I think sometimes people look at it like mm -hmm. if I'm sad or if I'm upset, it's wrong of me to cry or to be vulnerable. But the, the reality is that every emotion needs to be felt otherwise it just stays in you and that's what yeah. really causes issues because it's going to resurface at some mm -hmm. point whether it's five years ten years and it's re replaced mm -hmm. feelings but if you've dealt with them in that timely manner and you know we've all done it I mean for me it's like after a breakup I've had yep. 24 hours of a pity party I will cry I will scream I'll go mm -hmm. for every, to everyone and I will basically right. act crazy for 24 hours and <laughs> after that I'll have a save me Jesus moment where it's gonna be like listen you yes. are way better than this person and then, then you, mm -hmm. I like feed my own ego and then I'd be like at some point I'll stabilize but everyone has their own process and right. routine of how they heal and as long as that works for you long term and it's so refreshing to see you get to a point uh, and I know you shared you know there's even more than that I think the, mm -hmm. yeah and I think 
the reason why I was so excited to have you do this podcast uh, is because I know how extreme some of the situations in this relationship were that you dealt with them. And these situations was not something that anyone would have been able to go through and overcome. And I think that's why your story is so impactful and powerful because you went through the extremity of being in a relationship with someone that's like that. And then for you to get to a point where, and I'm so excited that you're out there, you're dating, you're beating people to be happy and and moving forward with your life. Um, that's, I think, in itself an inspiration, Mm -hmm. you know, for other people to like see. Um, And I honestly think when people can talk about their story and Mm -hmm. they're no longer crying about it. I'm smiling, like I'm smiling through it, you know? what you gotta do. Yeah, and that's that's what shows that you have really healed because that means you've done the inner work, you've gone through the process. And like I said, every single person has Mm -hmm. gone through some form of a heartbreak. That is, you know, situations where you're like, good God, like, I would never want to go through that again. That was so difficult. So I think anyone can relate to your situation because we've all been in that predicament where, um, and that's how you learn, right? Like, it's not like you get it right with your first relationship. You go through the ups and downs. You, unfortunately, you date people Mm -hmm. that are not the best for you, but that's how you learn to make better and and listen you know this and the viewers don't out of respect for my past partner I'm not going to get into the details of what happened but the most the most traumatic thing that happened to me was I needed this person to show up at an appointment with me a very very difficult decision probably the most difficult decision I've ever had to make in my life and when they said that they were going to meet me there and then they didn't show up that was when I kind of knew this is not right this is severely fucked up and I knew that there were other people out there because after speaking to people and people who are kind of deemed more so, you know who I'm talking about, like players or who said that they would show up, even yeah. if it was someone who they only knew for a month or two or not even a couple of weeks to not have that person who I thought was like my one life stand, you know, um, be there with me. Mm-hmm. That showed me, listen, there's other guys out there who would have done anything at a drop of the hat to show up and be present and hold my hand while I go through this, you know? Right. And that goes back to the red flags Mm -hmm. that you were sort of saying is that if you can't depend on a person at the end of the day, there's really no point in being in a relationship with anyone if they can't be there for you. And if you can't count on that, because then you can just date a bunch of different people and not get your emotions and feelings involved and not put in that much effort. Because if it's going to be a superficial relationship, great. Yeah, why not? Exactly. Relationship. Yeah. And, And I don't think any person really deserves putting themselves out there a thousand percent that when they need the other person to show up, Mm -hmm. the ball gets dropped. Like that's not okay. And that's not the type of relationship that anyone should stay in long-term that you can count on the other person being there for you. Yeah. And I'm so excited. And I want to thank Michelle for being on the show. (laughs) There's going to be in other episodes too. Oh, I love it. it No, I just, Um, I hope whoever is listening I hope you take away from this. You don't know my full story. Again, out of respect, the respect that I didn't receive, but the respect that I'm going to give to my past partner, I'm not going to share everything, but I am going to tell you, if you heard any of these signs and and if you recognize any of those in your relationship, 
you one need to either talk to your partner and try to come to some healthy balance and, and work through it. Or secondly, you need to leave because there's going to be, there's going to be a rainbow at the end of this. You just don't know it yet, but I promise you it's going to be there and you're going to find it. And you just have to enjoy your life. You have to, and your partner needs whoever they may be, whether it's the person you're with now or someone who comes after, they need to be by your side through everything, not against you. So I hope you can leave with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really great lesson for our listeners. And hopefully Michelle's story can inspire many, many people out there. And I want to thank Michelle for having the courage of really sharing that because that's not something easy to do because in a lot of ways you're kind of reliving Mm -hmm. that, that timeline. Um, And I applaud her for sharing her story and being like that platform where other people can kind of learn and grow from it and make better life decisions for themselves. So thank you so much, Michelle. And with that, this brings us to the end of this week's episode. 